Welcome into this Thursday edition of Hitting Hard with John Trekker here in Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, if not this Sunday, when? Trey Young deserved a little bit of love, and Brian Edwards ain't getting it going so far. Fall next, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Welcome into a Thursday edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Head to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta in the search browser. Hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment. We are free and available to download as well. All of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey, leave us a five-star review. Don't forget, we are now on Roku and Amazon Fire, so check us out on those platforms. And at JMCH316 is where you follow me on my Twitter page. Look, we've talked about with the Atlanta Falcons. I understand that the year is not going to be defined by wins and losses. Okay, we got all that. However, doesn't mean that you can go 0-17 in the league and everything is hunky-dory and your coach is fine and your GM's doing a great job and all this, that, and the other. At some point, things do have to translate into some wins. And again, it would be great to just flip a switch and say, okay, now's when we're ready to start winning. Right? Wouldn't that be wonderful? So this Sunday in Seattle, I've talked about this being a must-win game from this standpoint. Not about getting the playoffs or staying. You have to keep your fan base engaged. You have to show your players that they can close the deal. You have there. There are many things internally and for your fan base that you need to win this game on Sunday. And by any sports book. The Falcons are anywhere from about a one to three point underdog, meaning that if this game were played on a neutral field, this would be a pick 'em game, either pick 'em game or the Falcons would be a slight favorite. And, and Vegas is tr- trending toward the Falcons winning this game. So if you don't win in Seattle on Sunday, then when? Because this is re- and this is why I say about why this game is so important. So once the Falcons come back from West, the West Coast, you get Tampa, or sorry, you get Cleveland at home. Okay. Well, they ain't going to be favored in that game. And I don't care who's, I don't care if they bring back Brian Sipe to play quarterback, the best running back duo in the NFL and Chubb and Kareem Hunt, immensely talented skill position people. And oh, yeah, I understand Clowney's not playing tonight against the Steelers. I expect him to be back next week. And here comes Clowney and Garrett, maybe the best pass sacking duo in the NFL. Nothing at all easy about that game. And then it's, oh, I don't know. Let's head down to Tampa. Here's Tom. Here's the Super Bowl team. So you got to go to Tampa. Then you come home and play a team that all of a sudden, and I hate to say it this way, looks better with their old quarterback in San Francisco. So here comes Bosa and all those guys that beat you last year coming into Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Then you go play the Cincinnati Bengals. And look, Cincinnati's 0-2. But let's be honest. What roster is more talented right now? You want Joe Burrow? You want Jamar Chase? You want their running backs? You want their wide receivers? You want Hendrickson? You want those guys who were in the Super Bowl last year? So going on the road in what will probably be 
a, a I don't want to say a desperation game for the Cincinnati Bengals, but certainly they're looking to try to get their season on track. They certainly have been one of the surprises of the NFL. And look, they may have the Super Bowl hangover, and that may all be legit. But that's not going to be easy to try to go on the road and beat Cincinnati. And then finally, on October 30th, as we get ready for Halloween, right? Halloween will be that Monday. We get ready for Halloween, and we get all of our tricks and treats because here comes Carolina. So I would tell you this. If the Falcons don't find a way to win in Seattle on Sunday, you're looking at potentially Carolina. I would say that that's your most likely chance to win. Now, yes, it's the NFL. Week-to-week upsets happen. The Jets beat the Browns last week. I get all that, okay? But until this team shows you that they know how to play four quarters and close out a game, it's hard to just go in and say, well, we'll beat Super Bowl-caliber roster Browns, Super Bowl-caliber roster Buccaneers, Super Bowl-caliber roster San Francisco, Super Bowl-caliber roster Cincinnati. We're not talking about four teams that, well, they might be good and they got some players. No, all four of those teams are thinking Super Bowl. You don't give Deshaun Watson 230 because you think you could be a wild card. You don't have Tom Brady down there thinking that we want to be above 500. San Francisco was in the NFC title game last year. Last I looked, Cincinnati was in the Super Bowl last year. So you don't win on Sunday. You're 0-3. Now you come back home. You could be setting up for an 0-7 before you finally get into the win column. There is nothing, let me repeat, nothing worse than your local NFL team that you root for being awful. Well, draft pick and all that. No real fan wants to sit through a potential 0-7 start. And I've told you guys again, this same argument that people want to have about, well, the Falcons will have $100 million. Well, top flight free agents aren't going to come to an 0-7 football team. Who do you think you're signing? Who do you think's look at the Falcons and say, well, 0-7, they're right where they need to be? And we talked about when the Browns went winless, they went through a stretch during that time of four coaches in four years. When the Lions went winless, they went through four coaches in five years. Because that's where your franchise heads at that point. So even more than just keeping your, because let me tell you, 0-7 and you're finally home with Carolina, who wants to be at that game? They'll be seven. If they're 0-7 hosting Carolina the day before Halloween, there'll be me, you, Jarvis, and four other people that can say that they'll be at that game. That'll be it. You have to find a way to win on Sunday because things can get sideways pretty quickly. And we could talk about Arthur Smith is safe and all. I get all that. And I'm not telling you Arthur Smith is going anywhere or this, that, and the other, but I'm telling you, you put up some offer streak. There ain't no coach in the NFL, maybe short of Vince Lombardi, that could go 0-17 and have job security at that point. I'm not even sure Vince Lombardi in today's modern world at 0-17 would have job security. And again, I don't think the Falcons are going to go winless or anything like that. But if you don't find a way to close it out on Sunday, you set yourself up for a long stretch without winning a football game coming up. Because you have not one, not two, not three, 
four Super Bowl caliber teams. And think about what I just said. You don't win on Sunday. Your next four games are against teams that realistically have a shot to be in the Super Bowl. That's not where you want to head. We knew coming into the season that the schedule was going to be difficult, right? There's a lot of landmines on this schedule. There are no real easy stretches. And that's why the opening week against the Saints is so frustrating when everything kind of fell into place to find a win and it didn't happen. My message to Arthur Smith, the players of the Falcons, you have to find a way to win this weekend. There are so many tentacles that you get into that if you don't find a way to win on Sunday, you're looking at a stretch where things really could start to fall off a cliff. And no fan, I don't care what draft pick you want, you don't want to sit through 0-7. I don't want to sit through 0-7. I'm a fan of the Falcons. I don't want to sit through 0-7. That There is no appeal to that whatsoever, watching a team flail around like a fish on the bottom of a boat, flopping and flipping around that can't figure out its way out there. Find a way to win on Sunday. If not, this schedule really turns against you and is certainly not in your favor at all. All right, I want to talk about my friends over at betonline.net. Listen, it's Thursday night, right? NFL season ready to kick off. Don't look now. College football starts tonight as well. Georgia State's in action against Coastal Carolina. You're looking to be smarter. You're looking to put some ducats down, get in the sports wagering information game. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports wagering information. Look, super handy. You got one of those mobile devices, right? Probably cost you $40 million to have one of those mobiles in your hand, right? So take that device, head to BetOnline.net. They've got e-scores. They've got betting. They've got your odds. They've got your podcast. They've got all of the information that you need to be smarter when it comes to sports wagering and betting. So head to betonline.net today. Check out all the different information that they have available to you. Get the odds that you need. Be smarter. Be more successful. Finding a way to win. Everything starts tonight. So get in on the action. Sports, uh, All your sports wagering information is at betonline.net. It is where the game starts. So in the NBA, ESPN has their annual top 100 players list for 2022 going the season right and they're going through it they're at, they've gotten all the way through to number six i guess it is right they you know like everything else they love to drag these things out forever and a day so tomorrow we'll get one through five okay cool so i was going through the list and i was looking to see where some of the hawks players would be so if you look at the top 100 Bogey comes in at 100. Capella comes in at 79. John Collins comes in at 73. DeJounte Murray comes in at number 42. And the other day when I was looking through this list, they had not gotten from 26 down below. Okay. So I was curious to see where Trey Young would come in at. So Trey Young on ESPN's top 100 list of players comes in at number 16. Now, some of the guys that are immediately around Trey Young, Bradley Beal is at 19, Rudy Gobert is at 18, Jimmy Butler is at 17, excuse me, then Trey Young, Paul George is at 15, Damian Lillard at 14, Carl Anthony Towns 13, Kawhi at 12, 
James Harden comes in at number 11. Okay. Is Trey Young a top 10 player in the NBA? Probably not. I, I get Luka. I get Giannis. I could even understand LeBron, right? Joker, Embiid. I, I'm good with, with some of those. But with all due respect, okay, where their franchise is, and I understand what a disappointing season it was. But again, we're talking about the player who led the league in points scored, led the league in assists, and say what you will, they did get into the playoffs and they did win two play-in games and got into a regular seven-game series. Now, they got smoked, got beat up by the Miami Heat, but with all due respect, if you're starting your franchise today, because th this is how I look at it, you're starting your franchise today and you're building your franchise to win. You want James Harden over Trey Young? You want Kawhi Leonard and where he's at? We're not talking about Kawhi Leonard of four years ago. We're talking about Kawhi Leonard today. You want Carl Anthony Towns today? With all due respect, I know his numbers and the three-point, their franchise isn't very good at all, and they haven't been good at all. Damian Lillard, what, he played 29 games last year and all his numbers are down? You want Paul George at this stage of his career? So I get that Trey Young is still fighting what the franchise is, what his percent. I understand. I understand all of the roadblocks, right? Everywhere you go, you get seven feet down the road and there's another concrete barrier that stops you in your tracks and says, okay, now we got to navigate around all that. I get it. Again, I'm not telling you Trey Young is the best player in the NBA. I don't even know if he's a top 10 player. But certainly he ought to be thought of more than 16th in the league when you do something that one other player has only done in the history of the NBA. You did get your play, you did get your team in the playoffs. It's not like the it's not like the Hawks were so disappointing that they ended up as a lottery team, you know, and they were outside the the playoff picture. They did find their way in. And it took them winning a couple of games in the play-in round. Well, guess who the spark in the leader was of all of that? Guess who made all that go? Beat by the boop. Guess who went full tilt boogie in those two games to get them into the first round series? Some of those names that are on there, I get. These lists are reputation. Look, Paul George is a Hall of Fame player. Kawhi Leonard's a Hall of Fame player. James Harden is a Hall of Fame player. All of those guys are going to be in the Hall of Fame when all is said and done, right? I get all that. But I look at it as in today's NBA, who are the guys that I'd want to start my franchise with? There's no doubt. Embiid, Joker, Giannis, you know, guys like that. Yeah, Devin Booker. You know, they're, those guys, I get it. You say, okay, I'm building my franchise today. Let me have that guy. Let me have that guy. Let me have this guy, right? You know, I'm not even sure that LeBron is the same player, obviously, anymore. But let's face it. LeBron James gets the benefit. of Him, I can give the benefit of the doubt to. But James Harden, who's hurt, beat up, banged up. He's got no heart. He's got to pee for a ticker. And he can't do anything to help your franchise out. 
What what did he do for what did he do for Brooklyn and all that? What did he do there? What did he do for Philadelphia? What did he do for those franchises? He's done but what did he do for Houston? He's done Bupkis and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Ka- Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Damian Lillard combined can't play 81 games now. Those three guys together can't seem to play 81 games anymore. And I get if reputation and if they were fully healthy or this, any other, but we're talking about what the top 100 players of 2022 are not who are the top 10 players of the last five years, who are the top 100 players of the last decade, who, who in their prime would you want the most? It's about today. And I get where the Hawks franchise is. This is something that the Atlanta Hawks, have always had to fight. But winning cures a lot of things. We saw it two years ago with Trey Young. When they were coming off that Eastern Conference Finals run, Trey Young going into this last season was the hottest commodity in the NBA. He put all the antennas up on everybody in the league about, okay, I guess Trey's for real. He's this and the other. And I get that their franchise took a big step back. And trust me, I watched, you know, covering it, watching it. I work for the flagship station every single night. You know, it's, well, you know, we play on MLK Day and we beat the Phoenix Suns who'd won 10 road games in a row, best team in the NBA, this, that, and the other. And then, you know, you go about a week later and you go lose to the Pistons. I get it, saw it, watched every bit of it and under understand it all. But it's hard for me to believe that Trey Young is only the 16th best player in the NBA. Could he have found his way in the top 10? Possibly. I mean, I'm not going to say he's better than Joker and Embiid. Like I said, we just gone through the list of, of all these guys. But Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, yeah, those guys have all done more in their career than what Trey Young has done. But go ask a GM right now in the NBA. You get a chance to start your franchise today and move forward. And because we factor age and health and everything like this. By the way, too, Trey Young played the fourth, or sorry, was it the eighth most minutes that he played in the league last year? I think it was the eighth most minutes that he played in the league last year. So he missed a few games because of COVID and stuff like that, but he plays an immense amount of minutes and he's young and everything. It just seems like Trey Young has trouble getting his due. Look, I, you know ESPN, okay? They're going to put Luka number one. There, there's not much doubt in my mind that they're going to put Luca. I think Giannis is the best player in the NBA. That's my personal opinion. If I'm putting my list together, if I can start my franchise with anybody in today's game, I want Giannis. Giannis is the best two-way player in the NBA. I want him. He'd be my cornerstone. And he's won a championship. Let me start with him. But you know what ESPN is going to do. They're going to put Luca at number one because they love him. And they're invested in him. And oh, look this in here. And I'm not telling you Luca's not a great player. Luca is one of the absolute top tier players in all of the league. But his franchise hasn't gone any further than what the Atlanta Hawks franchise has. Well, he's on the way up. Well, Trey Young's not on the way up. Trey Young's 40 years old. I missed all that. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that this is where he landed. I'm not surprised ESPN doesn't give him a little bit more love. They gave him a lot more love last year. In fact, I believe that if you look at the uh, the rankings for Trey, he is up one spot from where he came into last year. 
gee, thanks. He only scored the most points in the league. They had the most assists and he played the eighth most minutes in the league. Gee, thanks. I think he deserved at least one spot to move up there. All right, we're going to talk about Brian Edwards coming up here in just a minute. But first, let me talk about my friends over at Coffee AM. Listen, they're the best small batch coffee roaster in America. You know how much I love these folks. Coffee AM is located right here in Georgia, up in the Canton area. They are the best small batch coffee roaster in America. So here's what you need to do. Head today over to coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Coffeeam.com backslash locked on. When you get there, go through the menu of all their products. So you need K-Cups, they got you covered. You want some organic coffee, they got you covered. You like flavored coffee, want something a little bit more, you, you got it, we're all good. Well, I'd like tea, cool, they got all that there. Well, you know what, I got a party coming up next weekend, I could sure use a gift set, you know, to give this, cool, they got all of that there as well. Coffeeam.com has everything that you need for the coffee lover in your life, and listen, I'm a proponent of them, I drink their coffee every single day, I can't wait to get my hands on more. They were kind enough to send me a whole bunch. And listen, I, I'm using it, you know, as fast as crap through a goose now. So coffeeam.com is the place to go to get all of your coffee needs. When you get that first order put together, put at the checkout, put the promo code locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Put locked on at the checkout. You'll get 15% off that first order. Locked on is the promo code at checkout. 15% off your first order. Coffee AM is the best small batch coffee roaster in America. Check them out today. So one of the guys that I had definite expectations for and had some high hopes for when the Falcons traded, listen to me, when they traded, they traded a fifth round pick, was Brian Edwards, the wide receiver coming over from the Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Oakland, you know, Sacramento Raiders, whatever. Last year, Brian Edwards for the Raiders in 16 games played with 12 starts, 59 targets, 34 catches, 571 yards. That's um, he had three touchdowns, by the way, too. So he, he averaged 16.8 yards per reception with a 57.6% catch percentage. Okay, that's not a very good number, but for a guy who is probably a third wide receiver, Okay, 35 catches, 571 yards. He's not old. He's 23 years old, played at South Carolina. Okay. And then you started reading some of the things that some of the other Raiders players said, Darren Waller and some of those guys. They were like, yeah, Brian Edwards is one of those guys that, that we thought was pretty good that we'd like to see him stay here. Okay, I'm in. I like this. Gave up a fifth-round pick. Okay, well, fifth-round picks where we drafted Grady Jarrett. So, you know, it's not like they don't have value. Richard Sermon was drafted in the fifth round, right? It's not like you, you you gave up zero to get him, and not like he was a free agent. It was just money. You made a trade, and you gave up a pick for it. So I had high hopes, and I thought, okay, I know he's not going to be my number one. That's what you drafted Drake London for. I know he's not my number two option because between London and Pitts, one of those guys, that's your one-two options, right? And Zacchaeus is a guy who was here last year. They like him and all this, that, and the other. So Edwards could be maybe three, maybe four in the pecking order can do some good things. It's really not worked out very well so far and even the first couple of games for, for Brian Edwards. If you look at so far for Brian Edwards in, uh, in these couple of games for the Falcons, three targets, one catch, ready, two yards. He's been targeted three times and only has one catch on three targets and he picked up 
Not one, two yards. That means that Brian Edwards, so far in two games of this NFL season, only has accumulated two more yards than me. Not what I was hoping for. Now, again, I know it's early. I know everybody loves to throw those terms around. It's early and this, that, and the other, because everything is just about you flip a switch and, and everything is all good. And I was reading an article that was talking about studs and duds through the first couple of games of the season for the uh, Atlanta Falcons. And, you know, look, right now, when you look at where he is on the pecking order, all right, we've got Pitts, we've got Drake London, Zacchaeus has done some nice things. I've talked about, I really like what Kaderil Hodge has done so far this year. So, you know, look, right now, Brian Edwards is really the odd man out. And let me tell you how that's even more confirmed, okay? Week number one, he played 47% of the snaps on offense for the Falcons. Week number two, in a game where they were getting blown out for most of that game, and you expected that they would have to drop back pass and throw their way back in, right? Some more opportunity for wide receivers, right? In a game that wasn't just nip and tuck in one possession all the way through. It was blowout, right? Blowout city. Remember the 28 to three at one point? He went from 47% of the snaps on offense in week one down to 26% of the snaps in week two. And something tells me this Sunday, given how many targets Drake London got, the fact that remember when remember when the Falcons remember when Roddy White was not targeted. I think it was his final year here in Atlanta. And they came out in that Colts game and they threw it like four times in a row to Roddy White just to prove that they can target him. Right. Remember that? They 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 there was complaints about we gotta get Roddy the football and this and the other, right? Roddy, Julio, and all these guys. We gotta get Roddy the football. And they went and threw it to him like four straight times. And I, I remember it's because of the Colts that, that that we were playing. They're gonna do that to Kyle Pitts this week. You you watch and see. Mark my words. They're gonna hammer Kyle Pitts with targets this weekend. So him, London, look, all Kadero Hodge has done when he's been asked is make a catch and make a play, right? I've talked about this many times here. I'm going to use the Jim Ross line. You got to maximize your minutes. Well, Bernhardt did that in the preseason. Kadero Hodge is doing that in the regular season. And it's leaving Brian Edwards out of the mix. And look, for a guy that's 23, only in his third year in the league, has some definite upside and has had some production. Like, look, 34 catches for almost 600 yards and three touchdowns. If you told me he'd catch 35 passes for 600 yards and three touchdowns, I'd take that all day long. But it might take him two years to get those kinds of numbers, you know, here. He's definitely one of those guys that I was hoping that we would see some more signs to. And, and I understand between our offensive philosophy, we want to be a power run team first. And I understand we don't have a quarterback anymore who's a drop-back, huck-it-around-first kind of guy. So, you know, if your quarterback is honestly throwing it 20, 25 times instead of 35, 40 times, yeah, there's going to be a lot less targets to move around. That's why we talked about Kyle Pitts was going to have his target number drop this year. It probably won't be 110. Now, I don't know that I expected it to fall off a cliff, but it is what it is at this point. So, look, Brian Edwards is one of those guys that, I had high hopes for 
would certainly like to still see him be a part of this offense. We talk about catch radius and things like that. And then you add in the play. Because, by the way, he's six foot three, 212 pounds. So he's not some little guy. And then you look at the play where Patrick Ramsey went up and just took that interception away from him. Oy boy. Oy vey. Um, I'm hoping Brian Edwards can get some things figured out. I'm hoping that he can be a part of this offense. We, again, we talk about red zone and all that kind of stuff. All right. Well, he's another one of these guys that, remember, we had that whole profile of big, physical, high-catch radius guys. Oh, where do we get them in the red zone and all this and the other? Okay? And right now in the red zone, it's been like that. It's done nothing so far. Edwards, hopefully, can maybe start to find his way in this offense. But, look, the competition is fierce right now. Pitts and London are your top two guys. Kadero Hodge has done nothing but make plays when asked. And even Olamide Zacchaeus, who's got catches and a touchdown, he's made plays. Edwards right now is maybe your fourth option, fifth option. I'd say right now he's maybe your fifth option. It'll be very interesting to watch and see what his snap count is this weekend. Because if it went from 47 down to 26, and he's not making a play at all, and let's face it, not blaming him for the pick with Patrick with uh, Jalen Ramsey out there. But when you're the guy that it's being thrown to and you're the big tall guy and the corner is allowed to just go make the play and do what he's got to do. Okay. That doesn't look good for your wide receiver. That's not going to look good on tape and film when they've sat down and looked at all of that kind of stuff. I'm not going to be surprised if Edward snaps drop even more. I'm not going to be surprised if he's, 26 last week if he's around 20%. Would love to see them get him involved in it. Maybe if we had a more throw-first quarterback, that would be a better transition for him. But right now, when we talk about studs and duds for the Atlanta Falcons, Brian Edwards is in that dud category. All right, we thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Chuck for your first listen every day. Make A to Z with Mark Zeno your second listen Every day as Mark is back talking all things sports here in Atlanta. He's free and available on our YouTube page. Hit that subscribe button today. Don't forget, we are free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Download us for free today. Leave us a five-star review. Check us out on Roku and Amazon Fire. Be sure to download us on those platforms as well. And, of course, follow me at JMCH316. We'll preview Seahawks and Falcons tomorrow as we wrap up the week. It's been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta.